You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Welcome back to Screening in Kingston, uh, your movie, fun movie podcast that rarely gets political until right now. Taylor, I have something to say. Okay? Say it. I have something to say, and we don't get political on this show. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about a lot of things, unless it relates to a movie, right? Like, that's always been our rule. We'll talk about social and political issues if they come up naturally in a movie. Well, I saw something this weekend that really, really got me. Really made me very angry, Fired and it's up. time to get yeah, it's time to get political because, as we all know, it's political times right now. We all it's know election. This. It's an election. Lot, right it's now. election time right now. It's time for me to get political. Don't care what the uh, fallout is. Okay, ready, Taylor? Oh, I'm Here, ready. Here's my statement: the season two trailer of Star Trek Picard is garbage. It looks <laughs> like trash. That movie. That I mean, sorry, that TV show is just a piece of garbage. It looks so bad. I'm sorry. I'm not even remotely impressed. I don't care if you're going back in time. Been done a million times on Star Trek. That's what I don't like, Taylor. This is what gets me mad. The whole narrative around the new Star Trek is it's Star Trek for a new generation. The previous generation thinks Star Trek is slow moving. It's it's too out there. It's not fast enough. We've got to speed things up. We've got to make things fast and terrible and violent. And that's why people will like it. But Time we're going to then do, yeah, we're going to do everything that Star Trek does. You're going to do everything. You're going to steal jokes that are in that trailer from previous Star Trek. Seven of Nine can't drive a car. Give me a break. That's been done a million times, okay? That is called lazy. Lazy writing. Alex Kurtzman, you are lazy. Everyone involved in Star Trek Picard, you are lazy people. You don't deserve those jobs. There you go. That's my political statement. I'm totally, as you know, not invested in this whatsoever. But I feel like... So they're trying to get new people to watch Star Trek. But... Let's be real. The real audience is the people who already like Star Trek. So why? Yeah, I'm just confused, I guess. Maybe I rattled, people are joining. To I rattled off Star some Trek. numbers. I rattled off some numbers to Tyler last time we did a Star Trek thing. I don't have them in front of me. But Taylor, the amount of people watching the new Star Trek shows right now would shock you. Like it's oh, like so less than it's a couple thousand people. No, it's a couple thousand people. It's not even that much. It's like it's nothing. That no one's watching Star Trek Discovery. I googled reviews for Star Trek Discovery Season 3. That's the third season of the Discovery show. Um, and no one reviewed it. Because no one watched it, Taylor. They're not watching it. Who's making- who, who is this for? Who is this for? <laughs> what are you making? Like Star Trek? So Star Trek Picard had moments. Season 1 had moments where I was like, oh, if you did more of this stuff, it would be a good show. But they're not going to. They're going to keep introducing us to to ninjas, N- ninja romulans. 
that we don't care about. And Taylor, you know what? You know what? You know what? Here, here's the here's the political moment. Here's the here's the woke statement. This Star Trek keeps getting so much credit from people being like, oh my god, it's so woke. It's so like it's breaking down barriers. Yeah, it's not progressive at all, Taylor. It's stupid. Okay, they had a whole they they had this storyline in Star Trek Discovery where it was like, oh, it's this it's this group of female Romulan assassins, and you're like, oh my god, like that's kind of cool, like group of uh, female assassins breaking down some gender barriers that normally exist in sci-fi. Guess guess who they focus on? The only male of the assassins. Oh yeah, he was raised by us because his parents are dead. That's you get the main like again, you you just don't get it. They just don't get it. They're trying so hard to be progressive. It just comes off as fake and a joke. Star Trek Picard trailer season 2 looks terrible. I I'm done with new Star Trek. I love Star Trek. It's the thing that always gets me through the hardest times in my life. Star Trek's always going to be there and classic Star Trek. I'm going to continue to watch until the day I die, but I will never introduce anyone to new Star Trek. Skip it, burn it, destroy it. It's terrible. And to stay political, vote no. (laughs) (laughs) Vote no to season (laughs) three of Star Trek Picard and seasons whatever of Discovery. Vote no and contact your political leaders today. Yes. Contact your, what do they always say in the States? Like contact your congressman? Isn't that like a thing? Like you always got to write a letter to Congress. Yeah, write a letter to Congress. I will write a letter. Whoever, yeah, whoever in the Canadian election promises to get rid of, because what they could do, because Star Trek, a lot of the Star Trek's been filmed in Canada, like the, the recent ones. Ban the new Star Trek from filming in Canada, and you got my vote. Yeah, whoever promises. BC, because this is a lot of I've got 100%. BC, Vancouver, Toronto, doesn't matter. If you ban them, you get my vote. I don't care who you are. <laughs> if you do that, I'm voting for you. And yes, it's good to vote. Always express your opinions. Yes, we are. We are in the midst of an election. So go out. Yeah, and the, this is where you bring out and talk about these issues, Taylor. This is the time. Duty. Yep. Right? Nailed. This is the time to talk about these issues and talk about the fact that that was one of the worst trailers, period, I've ever seen, period, in the world, period. Well, there you have it, folks. And after that five minutes, let's get into the show. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to my rant on Star Trek Picard. It just really got me angry. You know? I know. And you get just, fired up. You get Star Trek I get real fires fired you up. up. I get real fired up about Star Trek. Actually, you know what's funny, Taylor? And I, we're not going to give it away till the end of the show. But we're going to I'm gonna, um, we're gonna have a moment where you preview what's going on next week. We'll do that at the end. But um, I have something that fired me up about that, too, actually. So next week... If you like me fired up, next week you got another. I got another moment. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Very. I don't know why you could be fired up about. Next oh, week. you just wait, Taylor. Oh gosh. You just wait. But more on that at the end of the show. Yeah. Talk at the end of the show. Prove that. But but if you've paid attention to the show, you should know what's coming next week. Yeah. Right. Like we've done. We've done this every year, haven't we? Pretty sure. Yeah, but if their fans are just like us, you know, our episode nearly passed us by. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, it was like, oh, that's happening? That happens every year at this time of year? Yeah. 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 I almost forgot. That's so, true. That's I'm true. sure our, our listeners have no idea what we're going to. That's probably true. Yeah. Most of them, like, what are they talking? Most of them have probably turned off the podcast by now, actually. Yeah. After the, the five, it's like, oh, is it? 
Change to the radio station. Change to the radio station. Yeah, because they're like, oh, is it going to be a Star Trek episode? And then they just change it away and stop listening to us. No, it's not. Keep listening. We're giving you yeah. a real a real episode with two reviews. And they're new movies. Both movies have in come theaters. out recently. They're in theaters. Um, you're going to talk about Respect. Yes. Um, Aretha Franklin movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to talk about Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, the latest from Marvel. Um, so... Stick around for both of that. We do have some fan questions, um, though. I mean, this is w- weird. We have two fan questions from the same person, yet there was like an issue. So Josh, the Inquisitor, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, he he vowed to write in every single week at least one fan question. Um, more so, he just challenged himself to do that. I don't know. For some reason, he's still doing this. No one like asked him. No one asked him to do this. He just decided... I'm going to do this. He just told me, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to email a question every week. And I said, there's no way you can think of a question every week. Well, I guess he accidentally emailed a question to his work email and then he emailed another one. So we have two questions from him, separate emails. Okay. Two questions. So question one says, oh, hey, do either of you have a favorite identical actor pair? For example, Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, Natalie Portman, Kira Knightley. Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. So this is a weird question. Um, do Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon look that much alike? But Natalie Portman doesn't look like. Kira Everyone Knightley. says Natalie Portman and Kira Knightley look identical. Everyone I says don't. That. I've heard that. I before. do not see that at all. You hate Kira Knightley though. <laughs> and I also don't passion? like. I also don't like Natalie Portman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't? You no, don't I like don't. Natalie. Portman? I don't like Natalie Portman either. But, um, yeah, I just think, wah, wah, take your lever. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I like Natalie Portman. I think she's Yeah, really but good. I think a lot of guys like Natalie Portman because she's, uh, like, Adorable. girl next door pretty. <laughs> oh, I see. Like, she's <laughs> very, like, she is, I will give her that. See, like, I think Natalie Portman's pretty, but Kira Knightley has that weird thing going on with her mouth. So that's why I think, no, they do not look the same. I do not agree to that. I've at least heard that before. I've heard that before from people. And they played played the same person in a Star Wars movie. And that was like the thing because they look so much alike, I guess. I don't know. I I don't see it quite either. Um, But I also, like, I, I think, like, I will agree. Like, I don't like Keira Knightley as an actor, I'll also say. Like, I don't think Keira Knightley's talented. I don't know why she gets a lot of the roles that she does. Like, I don't think she's very good. But I think Natalie Portman is, like, for me, probably maybe top 15 actors working today. Like, in that echelon of, of if I were to just sit here and rattle off, I could I put her in there. Really? You don't even think she's a talented actor? I just, like, I don't, I'm not wowed by her. Really? So, I have some, I have actresses that actually do look the same. So, oh, you have a list? Okay, go ahead. Um, obviously, we know Margot Robbie, right? Um, there are several actresses that look like Margot Robbie. Like, all you have to Google is, like, Margot Robbie lookalike. <laughs> okay. Um, so, the girl who was in um, that, that, I think we both watched this movie last Halloween where... Um, ready or Not. See, yeah, Ready or Not. So oh, Samara actress, Weaving. Yes. She looks like Margot Robbie. And so then... <laughs> funny story, Taylor, we actually all that entire episode, we referred to her as discount Margot Robbie. Yeah. 
<laughs> for, so, for whatever reason. But I've recently found that, like, I actually think Samara Weaving, at, like, is getting up there acting-wise, too. Like, I've seen her in a lot of stuff, and she's been really good. So I think she is a good actress, but can we yeah. both agree that they look nearly identical? And then there's... Yes, a, I mean, there are subtle differences, but yes. There's a British actress who's on the show Sex Ed. Again, looks almost exactly like Margot Robbie. I've never heard of that show. Um, it's on Netflix. Netflix. But, uh, so that would be my favorite doppelgangers is everyone that looks like margot robbie and margot robbie looks like them but okay. because margot robbie's like the household name everyone else is kind of like and then you just <laughs> make the comparison okay yeah. i see <laughs> but um i would say why i don't think mark Wahlberg looks like who is the pair matt damon yeah no. i don't think they look alike but at all they're like no they're they're kind of are lumped together because didn't weren't they writing partners uh well i don't know if they've I, I know like matt damon and ben affleck have written together oh but i don't think like mark Wahlberg has done some writing but i don't think with matt damon okay that's who i was confusing him with ben affleck but still oh, okay. mark Wahlberg and they no they're not doppelgangers they're not twins yeah no not i don't think so i don't yeah i don't know where he's coming from there but anyway we, we got to come back to this natalie Portman conversation <laughs> I sense another now, topic for our now, movie Yeah, now <laughs> it's going to be like a movie club of Natalie Portman movies. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Oh, it's gonna definitely. It's going to be a double feature, Kira Knightley. <laughs> oh, next yeah. time. No, I know exactly what to do next time we do the pick movies that we know the other person's going to hate. I'm just going to go into the catalog of Natalie Portman, Kira Knightley films and just have <laughs> you watch them. I um, will say I really do like Natalie Portman's Where the Heart Is. It's Where the heart, I don't think I've seen that one. It's it's like not a fantastic movie, like in terms of like quality, but it's a great, it is a great movie. You know, like those, you know, those movies we talk about that, like, yeah. you know, they're not winning any Oscars, but you can't. But you can't help but love it. Yeah. yeah. Where the heart I, is. I hear you. Where that is a is. good Natalie Portman movie. So the last question from Josh in a separate email is, uh, oh, hey, uh, would you rather have your name attached to a box office success and no one knows who you are or attached to a box office flop but everyone knows you p.s josh the inquisitor p.s i sent the email to the right email this time okay yes thank you josh um yeah so do, would you rather be attached to a flop and everyone's heard of your name or be attached to success and no one's heard of you I would be, I'd rather be attached to a success and no one has heard me of me yet because then it can catapult me into a career. Isn't that like the no-brainer? No, because the way the business works is if it's all about the name recognition. So even being known for a flop, you still get more opportunities than if you had a small role on like successful films. Like just think of all the filmmakers out there that make garbage and keep getting work, i.e. Alex Kurtzman. So they like, it doesn't matter. Like if you're, if you get recognized enough in a name, it doesn't matter if your first couple films were kind of meh. So I'd rather be attached to a movie that's terrible, but everyone's heard your name because then you're going to get that other opportunity. I, I still, I still like in my perfect scenario, it'd be like my dream director and he cast me as an unknown to star in his, her or, well, let's face it. Most of my favorite directors are men, but yes. <laughs> I was trying to yeah. be gender appropriate, but um, uh, gender neutral. But 
but you but know, reality got yeah, in the way. Is that yeah. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wes Anderson approached me to star in his new movie, which happens to be a block office hit. Yeah, I'd rather that. Than... Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and that I think that can help a career for sure. But the fact that like I think what he's saying is even after it happens, no one's heard of your name. Okay, like you're not then, the thing yeah. being talked about. Then that but like I that I think can hurt you. I don't know. I don't think I'm in it for the fame in this scenario. No. No, and I, I wouldn't be either, but I would be in it to make more movies. To make in which more case, money. I think you need, well, money movies. Not the fame, but the money. I'm sorry, the two go hand in hand. The more money you have, the more films you can make, and people don't always understand that. They're like, oh, well, I'll never sell out for my art. Well, if you do, you can make your art. Well, You like, can make a lot of cash and then make your art. Here's a, here's a scenario. The movie's a flop, but all of the reviewers say, like, the one saving grace of the movie was Mike. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then I like want to be that, that guy. For like, sure. Oh, absolutely. Like, Who's this unknown? You know? Like, yes. That that's be, the dream. That's you the wanna perfect be, Yeah. You want to be the only flower in the garbage heap. Like, that's what you want. Like, yes. you want to be the thing where people are talking about leaving the movie, even if they didn't like it. Yes. I, I totally agree. So that, I, I revise. That's the perfect scenario. Yes. You know, Wes Anderson makes a flop, but everyone says... Wow, Taylor was iconic. Yes, exactly. Iconic, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that'll guarantee you'll get hired again. Absolutely. But I mean, I've seen it happen where there's been fantastic films that are just really, really good. You have a couple unknown actors and you never see them again. And when I say never see them again, like you don't see them in the larger films like or anything. Mainstream stuff. Like maybe they go off and do smaller things, but you just barely don't see them. Like you just barely see them again. But then you do have actors directors people in terrible movies but you see them all the time so i do think that uh, it's the unfortunate way that the business works but again as i'm saying there's a way around this and taylor i'm only heated about this is just because recently i've i've been talking about this kind of stuff off the air and in my life um it's just there's a balance between the the artistic integrity and managing things well yeah, and you i think pay the you, bills. yeah you gotta pay the bills and and people just don't they, there is this disconnect that i've seen between well money the more and more money and the more money you make and this it's like selling out but it's not like again do you really think that well to robert downey jr as an example do you really think robert downey jr he can't make whatever he wants now because of iron man he can't he started that, his own production company because of it. He can do the, whatever he wants. It's the Robert Pattinson secret, right? 100%. Like bunch, yes. He's like, a perfect example. He, and he says, he's like, yeah, I made Twilight. I know they are horrible movies, but now I can make whatever movie I want. He can and do he whatever does. he wants. And he does. He chooses his own roles. He gets to do what he wants. And it's probably, in the end, going to be a good move for him career-wise. He's still young. He's still got time. That's like, again, it's, it's taking the money to do something with it. Um, I agree if you just laughing, never do anything with it. They're right. laughing all the way to the bank. And here 100%. we are on a podcast like nobody's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but we got we to gotta take our big deal, too. We got to make that movie we talked about. I don't think people big realize movie. the moment Mike and I can sell out, oh, we're taking it. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing. I, we, we talked about that before. Didn't that come up once where we were like, we yeah, will 100% Disney, sell this to Disney? Disney like, yeah, it's, Disney it's not sponsors even a us. Yeah. Yeah, I love Mickey Mouse. 
Sign oh, me yeah. up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Every, every, every Disney movie is a see it from that point forward. <laughs> <laughs> right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, thank you for the fan questions from Josh this week. If you want to contribute, just go to our website, screeninginkingston.com. Currently not sponsored by Disney. Send in your fan questions. We'll talk about it. anything. Anything we bring up, anything we have coming up, feel free to, to send in the questions. We'll talk about it. We'll debate it. We love to hear from you. So go to our website, email us, or fill out the forms on our website. Um, let's talk some movies. Well, Mike, let's first I just want to give Katie a shout out because she went through okay. untraditional means to comment. <laughs> she didn't send in a, a fan question this week, but she did message me on Facebook saying, um, I'm surprised you didn't know the controversy around Stillwater. So Katie, shout out to you. No, I don't know the controversy aside from maybe the woman who's being portrayed in the movie uh, did not like it. I will do some research and come back next week and uh, share my hot take on the controversy surrounding Stillwater. Yeah. And that was, we talked about it last week when I, when I reviewed it, like I, it's one of the rare times I went into the movie with almost no knowledge. Um, yeah, you didn't even know of, what this movie was about. <laughs> no, so that that is interesting that that happens that we just happened to miss this. So yeah, do some research. We'll talk about it. Like that sounds like uh, sounds like we can get into whatever that is. It's always interesting. Controversies can be both annoying but also very interesting depending on what they are. Yeah. Now let's get um, into some movies. Now let's talk movies. So yeah, you saw Respect. I saw uh, Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. Who, who wants to go first? Shall we flip a coin? Like, what, how do you want to do this? You go ahead. Okay. It was good. There's my review. Did you, <laughs> did you see it? Did rings. you go to the Cineplex to see it? I went, no, I went to Landmark, um, but still a multiplex to yeah. see it. Um, th- this is the latest film in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and, I, you know, we talk about this a lot, Taylor, about the, like, uh, how many of the other movies do you have to see in order to like get into it. And now that it's been on for 10 years, it's such a commitment. Um, I will say this is a film that you need nothing. Absolutely nothing. You don't need any sort of um, previous knowledge to enjoy. You don't even need to read the Wikipedia page. No, you don't need anything. It does such a brilliant job of making it a mix of sort of an old style, like Jackie Chan movie. Kung Fu movie? Yeah, Kung Fu action. Um, also, you know, little elements of like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, because there's kind of that that mythical element to the film. Um, but it it does such a good job of, of that and being an MCU Marvel movie. Um, it was, at least recently, one of the most entertaining um, Marvel things I've seen recently. Like, I think it's my favorite of all the shows and of all the movies that I've seen in kind of this phase. Um, More it's than definitely... Black Widow? Oh, yeah. The, but Black Widow is not in the same category as, as Shang-Chi is. So the, the film is about um, this young guy who is the son of the, the man who's the legend of the Ten Rings. So there are these Ten Rings that give Grant immortality and unlimited power. To, to the person who wears them. They kind of wear them like, almost kind of like bracelet-y things. Like they're on the, the on his arms and he okay. uses them. And he's been like alive for hundreds of years until he met Shang-Chi's mom, um, decided to give it all up and then had a family. And you basically see the story unfold from there. Um, it is 
it, it was just so entertaining. It was so interesting. It's kind of connected to Iron Man, right? Um, like a little bit. The connection to Iron Man is pretty loose. It's it's one th- specific thing in Iron Man three, um, where so this character um, has been referred to in the comic books as the Mandarin before, and the Mandarin sort of plays a role in Iron Man three, but they changed it and they kind of explain it in this movie a bit. Like they they go back and kind of correct that mistake a little bit. Um, but I, other than that, and even knowledge of that is not a hundred percent necessary. For this and movie. he's not a villain. He's a hero. He is. His father is pretty villainous. Oh, <laughs> he's okay. pretty, he's, he's w- waged wars and done a lot of things. Now, when he met Shang-Chi's mother, he decided to settle down. And that's kind of how we, we start the story is we see that, he, he settled down, they have a family, and it kind of takes off from there. And this is really like, it's a, it's a discovery movie. Shang-Chi with, with his, uh, his best friend, Katie, who is played by um, Aquafina, go on this adventure together to kind of discover things about his past. Um, and that's kind of where the movie takes off from there. It's just, it's, Taylor, I can't even say enough how perfect the film is in a lot of ways like just in terms of filmmaking and putting like a story together it's funny when it should be it's dramatic when it should be um only the end fight and battle is very cgi like what i really liked about it is the fight is choreographed it's kung fu it's done without cgi um and it's almost like like it's so smooth it could be dancing and fighting together like it's just so well done and it's so well executed that if you're not a Marvel fan, if you're not a superhero fan, but you like action movies, this is this is more like an action film than it is a superhero movie. As I said, the final sort of like 20 minutes, the final act does get into a big CGI fight. There's a lot of elements that are still kung fu within it, but they they kind of go back to that Marvel staple. It is a Marvel movie. That's what ends up happening. But the rest of the movie is just it, it's so enjoyable. It's such a wild ride. It's so hilarious. It's a great script. The direction is extremely solid. The acting is is great. Um, another favorite actor of mine, Michelle Yeoh, has a small role in it. Um, uh, she's in it. Um, the guy who plays Shang Chi, I guess he was in Kim's Convenience. Like he's yeah, a Canadian wonder, actor. He is Canadian, eh? Yes, he is Canadian. I I didn't. I've never seen Kim's Convenience. Neither have I. I'm not. A, I'm to, to be frank. I'm not a huge fan of of some of those comedies. Like I, I I've just never really gotten into them. Um, some of the like the Canadian comedies. Do you like Shit's like, Creek? Oh, no. What? And I'm. In, I know I'm in the minority there. Like I just. I, I there's something like I don't like Corner Gas either. Like there's just some like, Canadian really like, comedies. I don't really mind. I don't really like Corner Gas. Yeah, but I, I really do like Shit's Creek. I've just found every Canadian comedy is not funny. Like it's just, and I, it's just a me thing. Like it's just something I've taken away. And like, I know all Canadian comedy. It's a mic problem. But it's a mic problem. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I've never watched a Canadian comedy and laughed. But was this guy good? The Canadian? Oh, he was great. Oh, he was great. He was way better than, uh, who did I go? What's that guy's name? I went on a rant about him. He was in that uh, really dumb movie. Um, he was in Crazy Rich Asians. 
he's and the love he interest in Crazy Rich Asians. And yes, then, he's the main um, guy. Yeah, he's the husband in the movie you hate. That I hate. Um, whatever that name's called. Oh, you know, a, a simple pleasure. A simple pleasure. Yeah, that's no, something that's like that. No, that's not what it's called. Yeah. But so, yeah, so he he was relative. He was relatively new. He kind of came from the TV world. He was relatively new, and he sucks. And this guy is like like so much better. The complete like just opposite. the complete opposite. Um, and he he doesn't seem a step behind everyone because I've I've noted that about Canadian actors as well. Like the the guy who played Aladdin in the new Aladdin movie had kind of a similar problem where I was like he seems too much of like a stage actor. Like mm. doesn't seem to be trained for film. He's trained for stage, which Canada does very well, but doesn't train for film that well. Um, not this guy. The guy who plays Shang Chi is great. He's incredible in this movie. I, the supporting cast is great. Like Aquafina knocks it out of the park. She's always she's maybe. Yeah, she's the best part of this movie. She's incredible. Um, everyone in it, like, the, he, you meet so many characters. All of them are great. Michelle Yeoh's amazing. Um, I guess Tony, um, Tony Luen, who plays his father, I guess he's also really well-known. I've just never seen him in anything. But I, I, get, I was told he's also been in a ton of movies. Um, I just don't know if maybe I haven't seen them or what have you. But the whole cast is great. It's so well cast. The writing is excellent. This is just—it was like getting getting splashed with cold water at the end of a, a hot day, Taylor. I've seen so many movies recently where I've been like, the direction's terrible, the script sucks. This yeah. is the opposite. The direction was perfect. The script made sense, was funny, was dramatic, was interesting. Like everything they did worked. And so, I, I can't say enough about this movie. Can we expect like five more of these movies? Like what's the game plan for Marvel? Well, th- I think they'll do the same thing they did with everybody else where he'll, he'll join, he'll eventually join the Avengers in some capacity. Um, and will probably continue to get his own movies. The movie did quite well at the box office and has received some pretty good, um, pretty good reviews so far. Yeah. So I think we will get, and I think that's why they called it, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings because the Legend of the Ten Rings was how how he interacts with the Ten Rings and kind of his past and like it was a good way to like set up his origin story but now you can do Shang-Chi and the Golden Army or Shang-Chi and and the big problem of the day or whatever you can do you can <laughs> is replace he in the, is that. he in the comic books yes he is yeah okay. he's a comic book character he's in the comic books and yeah, I mean, there's going to be more connection to the MCU. There are uh, two end credit scenes, as there always is with Marvel uh, now. That um, boils my blood. Yeah. I well, don't but, want... And those, <laughs> those I, world build more than the movie does. I hate end scene. I know. <laughs> I, I think it's so stupid. If you can't say it in the movie, then put it in the next movie. I don't yeah, understand and, and... <laughs> having to wait another 20 minutes to watch a five minute scene. And, and these these are less relevant to the movie. Like they are more world building. Like it's how they're they're going to connect to the MCU. Like that's how this one is. Like if you left at the end of this movie without staying for any of the end credits, you'd have a complete film. Like it's it's a complete movie. It doesn't fall into the Marvel trap of setting too much stuff up. It is a complete movie. I think it's it's so much better than than. Um, than Black Widow. I even kind of like Black Widow a little less having now seen this because Shang-Chi and the Ten, Ten Rings fixes all the problems that, that Black Widow had. So clearly it's possible to fix these problems. I don't know why they had them, but it's it's 100% a see it for me. 
I love the film. Um, I highly recommend it. it. Even if you're not a big superhero fan, I think you would enjoy the action adventure. If you love, like when I was a kid, I loved like karate films of, of all type. Um, you, you will love this movie for that. It's, it's a great action adventure comedy. Um, reminded me a lot of those, you know, like the mummy and like those films mm -hmm. that you like used to have in the nineties. It, it really fit into that as well. So Shang-Chi and the 10, 10 rings for me, it's definitely a see it. Okay. Cool. We'll talk about respect. Yeah, so I saw this at the screening room um, on a Saturday afternoon, so the theater wasn't very busy. Um, the movie is quite long. It's like nearly two and a half hours. Um, but... What? <laughs> yeah, it's like... <laughs> It's, Why? <laughs> it's a biopic. So you kind of anticipate that with biopics. Um, and it's a yes. it's a biopic about Aretha, Aretha Franklin. And it starts when she's about 10-ish. And it ends when she's, I think, in her 30s. Like it ends. That's the problem with biopics is when deciding when to start and when to end in the person's yeah. life, right? So yeah. Um, I would say that this captures like probably like the rise and like first part of her career. And she okay. like went on, like she performed like well into her life. Like I think she was still like selling out concerts in her seventies or eighties, but um, this really brings you to about the mid seventies. Um, and to give you context, she like sang at Obama's inauguration. So oh. she like went on to have quite the career. So this movie is really only capturing kind of like that first chapter, so to speak. Um, the like beginning moments yeah. before she gets really popular. Yeah, well, even like even in the movie, like she is very popular. But like, again, with um with biopics, it's like it's it was kind of set up similarly to Rocket Man. Where, like, you see okay. the, like, the rise in her career, and then you see, like, the toll of her, like, past it's taking on her. She, you know, she develops, um, uh, like, alcoholism, and so, like, she's kind of at a crossroads, and then, like, the movie ends with kind of, like, in a way, like, her comeback, but, like, she never really went away, if that makes sense. Like, she was, like, wildly right. popular even in the 70s. But, like, okay. they use that moment. Um, and it's actually, I saw, I reviewed it pre-COVID. It was actually a concert. I think it was called Amazing Grace. But it's, um, it was a concert filmed in the 70s. And it was her all-gospel uh, record. That's what the oh, movie right. ends on. Is that oh, concert okay. from the 1970s. So, this movie and that concert would make a very good double feature. Just as an aside, if someone is looking to schedule an evening for themselves. Yeah. Um, but like, keep in mind with the first movie being two and a half hours, uh, <laughs> you need some time. But with it being so long, it didn't feel like it was dragging. Like this was a very good movie and you will see it at the Oscars in my opinion. Um, really? The cast was really great. Everyone did a really great performance. Oh, and I... I have to Google this really quick. I think it's Jennifer... No, I don't even want to guess her name yet. Jennifer like, Hudson? Yeah, is that right? Isn't that who... Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, okay, that's who is. plays her. Okay. Yeah. Jennifer Hudson is the lead. She is phenomenal, in my opinion. I'm, 
I'm 90% sure she did the singing. Um, it's not a musical. So like it's that's where it differs from like um Rocket Man. Like it isn't a sure. musical, it's just um there are scenes of her singing, but it's always within the context that like she's at a concert or she's at right. a church. You know what I mean? Like it's not like Yeah. Um Jennifer Hudson's a singer, so I yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um do that, just yeah. because sometimes, you know, they decide to like uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Like, oh, oh yeah, the when, actor's like, gonna lip sync. Yeah, yeah. No, like she yeah. sang, um, and it was really, it was really good. I don't know if I'm was <laughs> probably gonna get flack for saying this. I don't know if I'm just hormonal, but like, I cried a lot during this movie. Like, it was very emotional. I didn't go in thinking that I was gonna like be moved in the way that I was moved and again maybe it just like caught me on an afternoon where I was just in my feels but um okay well I mean I'm not going to comment on that specifically but um (laughs) yeah I mean I mean like but if I if I from what I know like doesn't she have some tragedy and and suffering in her life Like, like, like I would imagine most biopics like this are trying to invoke those feelings aren't they well yeah because otherwise you know it wouldn't necessarily be a very interesting biopic, right? Like, unfortunately, well, unless the sorrow, they unless they had a great life, I guess. Yeah, I like, don't know. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, often the sorrow is what we find like interesting. But like, she did have like a struggle, and she has like a very um, difficult relationship with her father, and she did suffer abuse throughout her life. Um, and so that's like you know pretty heavy. And also the fact that the singing is just amazing. You know, like right. sometimes you listen to a song and it like just really like makes you emotional. So I yeah. kind of like your review, Mike, when you were like, I liked it. That's kind of yeah. like how I feel about this movie. Like I liked it. I didn't. I'm getting that sense from you that you just liked yeah, it. Like what else is it. there to say? I liked yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't anticipate, you know, I don't have an emotional connection to Aretha Franklin. Like I know her, you know, if her song comes on the radio, I think, Oh, that's a good song. But I didn't know a lot about her, her life or anything. So it wasn't like this like major icon that I identified with. But so I think that is like a vote of confidence for this movie. You don't need to yeah. be like Aretha Franklin's number one fan to enjoy this movie. Um, but you right? probably have to like music biopics, right? Because we yes. talked about that before. Yeah. How like I, I saw Rocket Man and loved the performance, but like I'm just not a big music biopic fan. Like yeah, you don't really I think like you have music. to like that. We've said we've said that before. <laughs> yes, if you yeah, don't like music, music <laughs> um, you're probably not gonna like this movie. And like it is like a certain genre. Like she's a soul singer, right? So like if sure, you yeah. I've heard her like, music, like I've heard yeah. her music before. Like Aretha Franklin's music. I've heard Jennifer yeah. Hudson sing as well. But I have heard the music before. I mean it's very soulful, it's very it's very powerful though. Like it is emotional music, I would describe yeah. it as, right? Like that she I had, think that's what she's known for. You know, she had like not the easiest of lives. Right. And, um, the, so I think, you know, the script was good. The music direction or like sound editing was great. Like beautiful production value. Like I'm always a sucker for like mid century modern, like this movie takes place from about like the late forties to the mid seventies. So like exactly my aesthetic sensibilities, so, you know, like set design, costuming, all of that production was really great. Um, 
good like I said like great acting I really don't have a bad thing to say about this movie um so what I was thinking when I was watching this was not every movie has to be edgy you know what I mean like not every movie has to like push the envelope or like sometimes it's nice just to watch a very solidly made musical biopic (laughs) I was just looking up the director and she directed a bunch of episodes of Jessica Jones, which is one of my favorite huh. Marvel series on Netflix. So that's really interesting. One anyway, of the... so when you mentioned direction, I was like, oh, who directed it? And there you go. Weirdly, I guess this isn't weirdly, but pull up the cast list. One of the, the Waylon brothers, am I saying his last name, the last name, right? Mark, the, he played Wayans. Wayans. Yeah. Who are Wayans like known. Brothers? They're known for, like, comedy. All their movies are just, like, ridiculous comedies. He plays, like, an abusive husband. And, like, for the whole movie, I'm like, why does he look so familiar? Oh, it's it's Marlon Wayans who's in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, like, the goofiest one. Yeah. (laughs) I find at least. I'm I'm, like, I'm looking at him, like, why does he look so familiar? And then afterwards, I'm looking at the list, and I thought scary movie because that's like yeah scary movie <laughs> white chicks little he man good. like he's he, was, <laughs> he was good and he plays like um it's like a straight dramatic role like wow, there is okay. like there is like a little bit of comedy but like he's sure. an abusive husband like, well they say like they, we see this with with often with comedy actors though like they they say co- comedians actually make really really good dramatic actors because of the emotional range that yeah. they can show like like Robin Williams turned out to be made Jim Carrey's had some really yeah. good dramatic roles so uh, maybe that's just you know he's another comedian who just has this other gear um, and he's like one of those guys that like doesn't seem to age like he looks the same as he did in the 90s. I know. I was just looking. I was just the looking. Twins, I was like, like, are these old pictures of him? But no, no he's like the same. He looks, looks as exactly. Ma- he looks exactly the same as he did in the nineties and two thousands. Oh, um, Forrest Whitaker's in this. He plays the dad. Does a okay. really, really good job. Um, you know, there is intersections between her life and um, the civil rights movement. So people who are right. interested yes. in that um, will be, you know will be interested in that part of history. So like, it doesn't shy away from those topics, you know? Um, yeah. You're, you're actually kind of convincing me to watch this. Movie I think it's as like, I think you'll it. like it. Like, even though you're not a music guy, the songs aren't like, it's not set up. It, it's truly not a musical. It's like, right. Oh, she's in the recording studio. So she sings the song in the recording studio. Okay, or yeah, yeah. she's touring on concerts, so you see a song while she's on stage. Like it's not, it's not like Rocket Man, and I wouldn't even say like Bohemian Rhapsody because it sound, kind of felt like they like set up the songs to set up the songs in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, that was the Bohemian Rhapsody was all about getting to the music people. This is not. Like, this is like the music is a complement to the biopic. That sounds good. Yeah, I you've convinced. Honestly, you've convinced me to try the movie. I think I've it was good. It, it yeah. was good, and yeah. yes, it's a commitment at two and a half hours. Um, considering that we live in a, you know, we say, we say on this show all the time, a movie should be an hour 20. So, hour 20. Yeah. That's our ideal not, this time. This is not an hour 20, but it was like, it was tight. It never felt like it was meandering. Um, very engaging, great performances. Like I said, I think you'll see this. I think this will be, um, on the Oscar circuit again, whether yeah. or not this is like, I don't, I hate like saying like, this is an Oscar movie. Like it's a nice movie. And sometimes that's fine. 
You know what I mean? But, like, the performances were very good. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, all the things you just mentioned with the long runtime can can all kind of be forgiven when the performances are so good. Like, even just hearing you describe it and now reading the cast list, like, it's like, okay, this is a good cast. Clearly, they it worked for you. Like you're, you have nothing but good things to say about the direction, the cast, the writing. It will not clearly feel like two and a half hours. Like it's no. not going to feel like that. It's going to feel like it moves well. It's going to like that's that's how you do long movies. Is you have to make it interesting, have a good cast, make it dynamic, make everything work, and then it never feels that long. That that's where I think it's not just attention spans. I think it's quality. There's too many movies that are over two hours long that just aren't good enough to be that long. You just can't. Yeah sustain it but this one sounds like you got through it and went wow that was two and a half hours like i didn't even i didn't even think of it yeah like i sometimes mike you bring up a good point like oh is it attention span or is it a bad movie i think you're probably right like there just is so many movies these days that just don't warrant two and a half hours like it's almost like people think oh to be taken seriously it needs to be pushing the two hour mark no no, it doesn't. Like, no. what arrogance to think that your movie needs to be two and a half hours long. It needs to be good. Your movie needs to be good. It needs to tell a clear and concise story, and it needs to tell it well. And just stay true to the content that you create. It doesn't matter how long it is then. You know, it, it, it's as long as it needs to be. That That's how I always feel about it. So maybe this movie just respect worked for two and a yeah. half hours, because that's how long it needed to be. And. To the point where I, in a couple years, because Jennifer Hudson's not very old, you know, she's probably in her 30s, I think. Mm-hmm. Give her a couple years, I would love for her to revisit this role and do a sequel. Right. When So when Aretha's old, yeah. like mm-hmm. come back and do something. Yeah. yeah. Like the second part of her career. Obviously, she. I mean, now with how they're doing like the face CGI and yeah. stuff um she probably could next year <laughs> film the yeah. the sequel but i think like it would be interesting this is one of those cases where like it was two and a half hours and i would sit and watch another two and a half hours of like right of later in her career um that's how good it was of course like it has to be like you know just because it's the sequel doesn't mean it'll be as good it would have to be the same cast and everything but yeah. Yeah. Like if, if you brought back the same creative team and really had a good idea, then make a sequel, right? Like that's yeah. the only reason why you should make a sequel is because you know there's another story to tell. There's a continuation, there's a way to expand, not because, oh, this movie made a lot of money, we should make a sequel. <laughs> yeah. you, you've got to have a good idea. I think with her, her career was so long that certainly there were other, there's other things that they could dive into but that's just my Mm -hmm. that's just how i feel so overall i would say yes it's a see it this is last week what did i say oh the movie wasn't worth risking covid for not that i think you should be risking (laughs) like obviously be safe whatever but like this is worth a trip to the theater (laughs) right you heard it right here on screening in kingston be safe or whatever yeah be safe or whatever (laughs) but yes this is a see it respect see it yeah I, yeah, do what do what is going to make you feel comfortable and, and make sure you're you're following all the health guidance. But, you know, it is relatively safe to go see a movie with how the screening room and the multiplexes have it set up. Yeah. Like they make a good job of making you feel safe. So if you're going to go out and see a movie, respect Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings are worth seeing. For sure. Go ahead and check them out. Like uh, some of the other films we've talked about recently, don't do it. Stay home. 
Go see something else. <laughs> or rent it on your TV when you have the Rent TV. it on your television. Yeah, well, my, my go-to when I don't want to leave. Um, but there you go. That That's our reviews for this week. Respect and Shang-Chi and the Ten Legends of the That's Ten kind of a mouthful, eh? It is a mouthful. Yeah, it's a long title. But it, hey, this is a movie that deserves to have its title read. Okay, your bad movie, I'm skipping your title. Um, like the Harley so, Quinn movie? The Harley Quinn and the whoever, it doesn't Birds matter. Harley Quinn's the only good part of the movie. Yeah, it changed its name 18 times. It was like it Harley Quinn good. and the emancipation of... Of Harley Quinn and her friends or something. Like, it was yeah. just, it wasn't... It. The only good part of that movie was Harley Quinn. Because so, um, Margot Robbie's a treasure. Because Margot Robbie, yes, exactly. Back to Margot Robbie. Um, so let's uh, let's talk quickly about... Next week, Taylor, we yeah. previewed it a little bit at the beginning, but tell everyone what to expect on next week's show. Uh, next week, we have a very special TIFF episode. So we're bringing back Nicole, our TIFF correspondent, fan of the show, my best friend. She will be uh, viewing some TIFF movies. I know I she went to a movie in person, and I think she may be also doing some virtual uh, screenings. But anyways... She's back at TIFF this year and she will be reviewing the films that she saw and hopefully give us a little bit of, you know, the 411. What was TIFF like, you know, TIFF 2.0 during COVID? Because this is the second TIFF during COVID that she experienced. Yeah. And I think it's it's on right now, right? Like the, the yes. film festival's on currently. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. we'll catch her just as the, um, I think the... The festival is wrapping up the week, the weekend right before she records with us. I That's think great. so. Um, we'll get a full uh, a full rundown of her experience. Yeah, in the last two years, we've gotten a pretty good preview of films we end up reviewing a couple months later, leading up to the Oscars. Like I, I find the Toronto International Film Festival is like really good at giving us that insight. Of like here's and and Nicole's always brought the heat of like okay here are the movies that I think are going to be up for Oscars and then we end up reviewing them and seeing them. she was I think pretty spot on with no man or no nomad land. nomad land I always yeah. I always want to say yeah. no man's land nomad land um, if memory serves like she said oh this is going to be an Oscar contender and then it yep. it so I this is. Pay close attention next week if you want to do well on our Osco bingo card. Yeah, absolutely. This is like the first preview of our bingo card. Yeah, get get it or the, or the Oscars poll. Yeah, I should yeah, say. sorry. The so, Oscars poll. Yeah, yeah. Nicole really uh, gives us um, gives us the edge, and then you know yeah. I completely disregard what she says, and I end up uh, losing every year. So yeah. don't I don't be a think Taylor. You've, you've, You've never been in the top no, never, <laughs> of, of no. that. Your ballot's never been no. that accurate. But yeah, it is good. It's good to have Nicole on, and, and I'm glad. I, I think my the rant I have, I'm I'm 93% sure Nicole's going to agree with me. Now, I don't know Nicole as well as you do, Taylor, but having Nicole on the show these past two years, I am 93% sure that my rant will be in full agreement. I think the group will agree with everything I have to say. But we'll save that for next week because it's connected. When you so. had mentioned at the at the beginning of the show, oh, you have a rant for next week's episode. I thought, well, what are we talking about next week that you already have a rant <laughs> ready? Because I'm thinking, like, I know that it's about Tiff. What could he? What what could Mike be ranting about with Tiff? So I'm dying. I'm dying to know. 
it's going to be an interesting conversation. We're going to get into a lot, and I and I don't want to take up obviously the whole episode, but that's why we're inviting Nicole for the whole episode next week, yes. so we can have room to to talk about uh, many many things. But I I think you'll both appreciate. At, on some level, the things I have to say, and I think it'll be a good discussion to have because I'd be, actually be interested in both of your opinions as two people who've seen a lot of movies and have attended film festivals and like look at mainly looking at programming, looking at what is going to drive Taylor and Nicole and Mike out to the theaters for certain things. That those are some of the things I want to talk about, and I want to talk specifically about one film that may or may not have been near the beginning slash the opening. Of TIFF. So there you go. There's oh, oh, I, okay. Now That's I know. That's what we're going to talk now about. I yeah. Know. Now you're, you're in the know, but our fans <laughs> might, don't say anything. Our I fans might not know. Spoil, I don't want to spoil yeah. it. But, but uh, we're going to talk about that. Yes. I do have feelings about that. And I, I know Nicole will have feelings about that. Oh, I, I thought so. I thought this would be a well-received, what I have to say about it will be well-received by this group and maybe no one else. Our most controversial episode of Screening at Kingston. That's what's coming up next week as we really dive into the Toronto International Film Festival. One of my favorite shows of the year. I always love hearing from Nicole and getting that insight um, into what to expect. Um, and then, yeah, we've got we've got some cool things coming up as well. Um, we might, we can't say much now, but we might have a special guest join us the week after as well um, to talk about some cool things that are happening with, uh, with some other Canadian content, Canadian film. Uh, and then we get into October, Taylor, and uh, we got to... Um, We've got to step up and plan some stuff for Halloween because you know how much our fans love October. Yes, they live for it just as I do. Well, this is a good call to our fans. If there's anything uh, particular that you would like us to talk about during the spooky month of October, please feel free to write in. We always love your games and your suggestions. We are going to try our best to highlight some of the spookier side of film during October. And it looks like uh, I previewed Last last week, I previewed some of the scary movies that are coming out, so I'm sure. We'll I finally have... saw that trailer of that movie that we couldn't pronounce. Ma- ma- oh, now malignant, I malignant, malignant. Yeah. Ma- 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 I can't say it. Ma- malignant, ma- malignant. I think it's ma- he's like malignant? like a tumor. Like yeah, a, like a tumor. Malignant. Malignant. Yeah, okay. Malignant. Yeah. I finally saw a trailer for it, though, and it does look very good. Like, it does very look good, eh? Very interesting. Like, it does kind of... Because didn't you say it was the same director behind The Conjuring? Yeah. Like James... Um, James, James Wan. Wan? Yeah. So he's he's a very good horror director. Yeah. Like, I, I've enjoyed pretty much every horror movie he's ever done. So I am looking forward to it. It does kind of look very much like his kind of spookier film so that will be one we'll definitely talk about and uh, in october hopefully yeah. i'll be able to pronounce the name of it by then maybe they'll say it enough in the film that's what I'll, when I, I ever have a hard time pronouncing something i just like need to hear it but said like, what if a million times what if it's one of those movies where they don't say the film name well then we're in a lot of trouble and that will be a rough <laughs> week but we'll uh we'll we'll get through it and i we were going to have you watch um the exorcism yes. with emily rose as well. Maybe so we'll, we'll have like an exorcist episode. That's good. That, might be, that might be a cool exorcism. theme to do this year. Yeah, like an exorcism <laughs> or what, what's like, because we could probably team all of this together and just call it like possession. Yeah. Like possession films. Like yeah. that, that could be our theme this year for Halloween because we always try to do something thematic we did that we did the vampire episode so maybe we'll do like a possession episode yeah where it's just about the the different sort of possession films and talking because if there's a new one coming out 
we can talk about some of our favorites. You can talk about Emily Rose because you haven't seen it. Um, like that would be pretty good. Cool. I'm down. I like it. See, figuring things out right here on the podcast because one, we have the time. Um, and two, uh, our fans like it. They always like when we figure things out on here. They do. They always like, I, I'm sh- they like the behind the scenes, but newsflash, this is the behind the scenes. <laughs> I'm sure some people will think like, oh, they set this up so we could do it. No, we, this is the first time we talked about this specifically. Yes. Um, we knew about the TIFF stuff except for the, the rant, but, uh, we hadn't, uh, we hadn't talked about October yet. So we just figured a lot out and that's kind of what to expect from us coming up. Like it's, uh going to be it's going to be a good I, a fall i think taylor I, I i'm think looking so. forward to the movies that are coming out now that i'm seeing more and more trailers like the things i'm looking forward to i'm like i'm really keen to and i saw um i saw the trailer for the hawkeye marvel tv show that's coming out at the end of november and runs into december and has sort of a christmas theme to it and it looks very good i'm very excited that first trailer makes hawkeye look excellent so I will, I'm very into that. I will say I am getting excited again. Not that I ever was like not excited about movies, but let's face it. We kind of weren't I excited. Was. I wasn't excited at all. I, I'll 100% say that. Fall. Some of the episodes and some of the things we we're doing, I was just phoning it in because I'm like, oh, God, these movies are terrible. <laughs> but now I'm kind of like, oh, good. Mo-. Like it's Fall so interesting how good movies. Yeah. Good movies make you feel like talking about them. more. Yeah. Unless they're egregiously bad, then it's just kind of fun. To, to talk about them. but I would much rather I don't know if you feel about this Taylor but I'd much rather talk for an hour about good movies than talk for an hour about bad ones agreed so I yeah, like even if the movie's so bad it's good that's fine but when yeah. it's just bad it's like ah. when it's of poor quality it just weighs on you like it, it is fun you're right it is fun to talk about bad movies but when they're still fun I just I'm excited to finally see some things and be like, okay, this is exciting. Like it's, it's starting to get really interesting. These movies look good. It just looks like well done films. They don't all have to be fun and action packed and fast moving. They can be slower, but so long as they're well made. We want to be, we want to be fired up, but in a good way. Definitely. (laughs) I agree. Um, Thank you everyone uh, for listening again. We hope you'll, you'll catch, uh, our show uh, weekly on, on CFRC or download our podcast. Again, if you want to contribute to anything we talked about, give suggestions for this October films we should see and review, email us at screeningandkingston at gmail.com or visit our website, screeningandkingston.com. Find us there and continue to, to contribute to the show because we love hearing from you, our fans. We do this for you. So keep, uh, keep them coming. More. We'll see you next week as we talk about the Toronto International Film Festival. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.